This week, we're bringing back off-market. Same format, slightly different delivery. Ross joined us from his office, Shane dialed in from the car, and we welcomed Pasquale Chanfania, Managing Director at Edison Property and Commercial Real Estate Specialist, to give us an update on how the commercial market is faring amidst the COVID-19 chaos. Shane and Ross also updated us on how the last six weeks has impacted their business, and then they took a look into their crystal balls to predict what's going to be happening in the months to come. Now, we've had a couple of good weeks of news on the health and social distancing fronts here in Perth, so here's hoping for more good news in the weeks to come and possibly getting back in the studio with Ross and Shane. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this podcast. Oh, all right, guys, thank you for joining us for this third Corona catch-up that we've that we've been doing here. Um, and uh, as a sign of the times, we've got Paz and Ros in and off. Paz. Paz and Ross in an office together and Shane's pulled over on the side of the road. So we're truly mobile now, guys. It's very exciting. In Yokon. Sunny Yokon. <laughs> beautiful day. What a beautiful day it is. Um, we are going to run with the same format that we do kind of on the show, guys. So we're going to kick off with our first segment, which is Under the Hammer. Um, obviously, auctions are not happening around Australia right now. But Roscoe, I wanted to get um, a bit of an update from you about how you think the online auctions are going um, and how agents are responding to that online process who are kind of being forced to move to that, you know, where they're usually used yeah. to the traditional auctions. Yeah. Look, thanks, Jess. Um, look, the whole auction platform, the online thing, everybody, or not everybody, a lot of people have clearly given it a go. Certainly over the eastern states, they really, um, their hand was forced to do something simply because of the volume of auctions they normally do. Um, and here in WA, there's, there's been a few of them because there's, um, a lot of there's a lot of the auction uh, video platforms out there are quite new, um, so a lot of people have gone back to using Zoom or Team and just done it in a very sort of uh, rudimentary way, which has worked to a degree. Um, what's really interesting, Shane, I was just talking about before we went on air, is um, how's it going over east with the video auctions and what's the sentiment there? Look, all the people I've spoken to over there. Um, they've they've used the video auctions, they've tried the video auctions, a lot of them don't like it, they've retreated back to doing a private treaty rather than doing auctions. Um, and certainly all the guys I've spoken to this week, um, they're just waiting to, as quick as they can to go back on site. Like, okay. in, and in my opinion, um, post-COVID, um, I don't, personally, I don't believe that the video auctions will, will really get a lot of traction. What about the online sorry to interrupt the online um auctions like an open negotiation versus the video auction are the, have they increased in volume or yeah look um online i mean open negotiation they certainly um covid was a bit of a um a blessing for them because it really they it was it was an established platform that a lot of people were familiar with so mm -hmm. look i don't know their numbers but i imagine they certainly had a um, a very strong growth factor of people using that because it was mm -hmm many respects it was the good hybrid between auction and private treaty um, for a system that, that has been working for some time now um, but at the end of the day the actual auction volumes in Perth um, have diminished to you know pretty much nil there's been mm -hmm. the, the odd auction that I'm aware of I had personally I had 26 auctions cancelled within about three days when the notice wow. came out yeah. um, and you know I I don't have one auction booking um, moving forward from here mm. so the whole auction platform and i haven't even had any i had one request for video auction but then the people cancelled and um, put their property on the market anyway so yeah. 
um, it's it's been a, a, a low a low uptake. Look, I think one of the things around the whole option thing, video and so forth is, and a lot of guys there was there was enthusiasm to give the, the online thing a go, and yes, there is a market for it. But at the end of the day, it doesn't replace what an auction creates on the day, mm. and I think a lot of people have discovered that. And I know a few people, I've spoken to a few auctioneers I've recently done it, they found the whole process of bidding quite clunky um, and, and they lose that real canter that, that on-site really delivers. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's been interesting. Success rates or um, under the hammer rates have come back to about 40-odd percent over the S with the, the much lower volume they're doing. So who knows? But at the moment, um, it's there. Auction numbers here have seized up. But then again, auctions are still, um, we still can't do them anyway on site. So until until that government decree is changed, I wouldn't expect that to change anytime soon. Just quickly, what do you think about, obviously the East Coast are champing at the bit to get back to auction. That's their pref- most, most a lot of their preferred method of sale. But yeah. where it's, you know, private treaty is probably the preferred method. Is this kind yeah. of the death of the auction in WA? You were making headway, Ross, with your auction... Sorry, sorry, Jess, you broke up there. Did I think you said death? <laughs> Is that in the beginning? <laughs> Jess, 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 Jess. I personally think it's a recalibration and people will come out of this and they'll go, oh, my God, auction is the only way to go. Um, no, no, look, seriously, I think, to be honest, I, I think like a lot of things in life, Jess, Jess, I think out of this people are going to re, re-evaluate a whole heap of things in life. Um, hmm. And if they don't, I think the whole COVID thing's been a tragic waste of opportunity, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I think the, the auction operators and stalwarts, when they can, they'll just they'll get straight back into it. Um, why wouldn't you? Um, it may even uh, create a little bit more of um, motivation because, oddly enough, through the video auction um, discussions and talk, it created a whole heap of profile around auctions because it's this mm-hmm. discussion everywhere. I mean, when do you hear the Prime Minister talk about auctions? Yeah, and, and premiers and so forth. So the the actual auction word got a whole heap of airplay, and I've had probably had more discussions around auction than I ever have. People say, "What do you think about video auctions? We do a video auction. What do you think about the future of the auction?" So the actual auction word has become very topical, which is great. So yeah. the knock-on effect could be um, really positive. So beautiful. You know, I mean, just the glass is always half full. Of course, you're you're the chief of optimism around here. So, excellent. (laughs) Um, All right, beautiful. We're going to go straight into the real press then. And Shane, I want you to take it away on this one. I want to do it just, I guess, all of the news is around the market and what's going on and COVID and et cetera. So we just want to do a quick pulse check, I guess, with you. Um, How was April for you? Um, It was really interesting. if you said to me when it all happened, I thought it was going to be absolute carnage in many ways. Um, I think I probably expected at least a 50% drop off. This is me personally um, of sales. Um, now I ended up doing nine or 10, uh, sold nine and I had one that fell over that we resold. Funny enough for higher than what it fell over at. So it sort of threw me out, but what I did and I tried to, look at I guess what was being spoken about by Rewa I looked at what was being spoken about obviously on a national level um, the two things which were clear that Damien Collins mentioned and I did notice this inquiry was down at least two-thirds mm-hmm. um, that was spot on um, 
sales volume went down basically from, I think it was around 750 sales a week down to 250, which has actually gone back up to, to 500. Um, but what I did notice, it typically takes me about nine appointments per offer, if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, for the last month, it was one in three appointments to offer. So it was pretty clear the genuine buyers were still there. Um, we had a bit of momentum carrying over. Um, mm-hmm. Motivated sellers is key. A lot of people that had sold needed to buy. Um, so I think you can look at numbers in a couple of ways. And I think Rewa have been really good of obviously trying to um, give some truth out there because mm-hmm. I certainly haven't seen, even though buyers kept telling me, it's interesting buyers, they're going to buy, but they think prices are going to fall 20%. Well, why are you buying now then? Why wouldn't you wait? using obviously that pretty much to negotiate but i have not seen prices impacted yet i think the true test which i think most people will agree will be when we get closer to um, the stimulus running out that six month stimulus so maybe Mm. closer to december where bank uh, holidays i guess you could call it they um, ease off um, job keeper interesting thing with job keeper they've come in well under budget they announced today what how many people are qualified so that's in many ways a good sign because Obviously, to qualify, you need a 30% drop-off. And it's not as many people as I thought are qualifying. It's not been as bad. Yeah. So I think the glass is a bit half full at the moment. I think you've got to think there is opportunities there. But it's real crystal ball stuff what's going to happen in six months' time. Yeah, yeah. Um, the biggest thing that we've noticed but is appraisal numbers are down. Stock levels just, it's amazing. If you look online today, you'd think it's a fantastic market. Everything's under offer. It doesn't matter where it is. Most things are under offer. You look on the new, when you search and see new to old and you're waiting for that next listing next day, next day, and it's just not coming. So there's a bit of pepped up pressure there that buyers really want to find their next home. And I think if a good property comes on today and it's priced right, you're going to get multiple offers, regardless of us talking about recessions. Um, And that really just comes back to what we've always spoken about, supply and demand Mm. and motivated sellers. Yeah. And that's, I would, Ross and I were having a chat about this um, earlier um, because I, I kind of was interested in the number of listings that you had for the month. And I did say to Ross, you know, it seems like there's a lot of, a, you know, there's going to be a lower volume on the market because if people don't yeah. have to sell, they're not going to. Yeah. Um, and is that going to kind of take us back to where, what we were talking about in January where, um, you know, as you say, supply and demand, is that going to give us a little boost? Yeah. Ross goes, um, I'd like you to maybe repeat what you were saying earlier, Ross, about what you think is going to happen in the later quarter of the year. Um, but very interesting to hear about number of listings and, and how you think that's going to affect the more immediate term market, I guess. Shane, if you want to, or Roscoe, you go. Yeah, well, I, I, I only listed, personally, I only listed seven, which for me is a pretty low month. Um, but what I, the conversations, I was having a lot of conversations with people who just weren't confident enough. They didn't need to move tomorrow. Um, and I'm not going to, pardon my French, bullshit and say, yeah, it's going to be all fine. But if mm. they've got a plan and they've got a time frame to move, well, let's make it happen. Um, so I think there's a lot of people sitting on the sidelines. And it's interesting. I, I had a property which went under offer today. And it's been over 60 days. And we had good interest in the property. And all it took was one offer. I text everyone I've met saying, hi guys, just want to let you know that probably inquired about, we've now got an offer. I'm seeing the owner tonight. Keeping in mind, some of these inquired on day one, two of them come out the woodwork and put an offers in. Now they sat on their hands for 60 days almost until they saw there was other interest and, and they acted. And I think whether it be buying or selling, people 
they're a bit nervous. Um, mm. So unless they have to act, uh, you tend to find they are sitting on the sidelines. Um, whether that's the right decision or not, I guess only time will tell. Yeah. Roscoe? Yeah, look, it's interesting you say that, um, Shane. We certainly volume of, of stock coming on the market um, at a low and, and there's a bit of a false sense of security because the, the stock levels are low so you are seeing a lot of money off uh, stickers or sold stickers around the place. Um, like we were saying before Jess, you know, the and you mentioned then Shane is look and, and everybody's speculating it's crystal ball gazing at its best. You know, economists economists come out and they have conflicting views and like it's there's just conflicting views everywhere. And, and I sort of unplugged from all of those. Um, but at the end of the day, there's a couple of core factors that, that, that you, ha- you can't ignore, you've got to put into play. And certainly as we think about our business and plan our business moving forward through the year, um, is, is going to be the unemployment number. Unemployment, as I say, is sitting at about 10% or whatever. Um, and that, that, those effects haven't truly really been felt yet. So um, as Shane said, JobKeeper runs through to September. At the moment, the banks are playing nicey-nice. Um, and all the rest of it, but we know that there's an old saying about banks, they give you an umbrella and the sun shines and they take it away when it rains. Um, so, um, <laughs> you know, we know they, that's, that's how they roll. So, you know, the, the unemployment and until, and until, because unemployment creates confidence now, and our industry is based on confidence. People buy and sell real estate when they're confident with, with their stream of um, income and that gives, and then, and so forth and so on, because, the chain of events that come into play when a, a, a real piece of real estate is bought or sold, all the different services that are engaged, it, it's quite a it's quite a list. Now, if if that list are not getting um, uh, engaged because of the lack of volume, then the ripple effect is is quite huge. So at the moment we're we're rolling through. We know that COVID's under control and all the rest of it. But the biggest thing, the biggest challenge to me is not COVID. The biggest challenge to me is going to be how the employment situation looks in, you know, three, six, nine months. That's mm-hmm. going to be our biggest challenge. Um, yeah. And let's just hope that um, we can get things, you know, swinging um, pretty pretty solid in, in the employment ranks because mm-hmm. that that will determine so much. I mean, when Paz talks about you know, sort of commercial and so forth. And that's where it's probably felt more than anywhere at the moment is in mm. that, that sector. Yeah. That leads us very nicely into our, into Paz, I guess. Um, welcome to the show, Paz. First Thank time you. on. Um, yeah. First time caller, long time listener. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paz, you're, you're obviously a commercial real estate specialist. And I mentioned last time we chat, chatted that I would like to speak to someone in this area. So I'm very glad to have you on. I... I guess, have a couple of questions um, in regards to commercial real estate. Um, do you want to just quickly give us a, a quick background on, on your kind of area of specialty, what we were just discussing? Um, and maybe if you've got anything to follow up on, on what Ross just said, any thoughts on that? Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, hello, everyone. Um, <laughs> um, basically, um, our commercial business spans retail, office and industrial. Um, all around the metro area from from um, uh, down south all the way to Joondalup and all that. So we don't specialise in areas, but we specialise in certain categories like office, uh, whether we're selling or leasing office or we're selling or leasing retail space and, and, and same as industrial property warehouses and all those kind of things. So we've got people that do all that. What we've... What, 
what we've we've probably been hit the most in in the commercial world with mm-hmm. especially with um, retail tenants not being able to trade like pubs and some cafes and definitely beauticians and the limited um, access to hairdressers. So those tenants have just shut up shop and said, "Hey, well, I can't pay rent. Um, landlords can't evict under anyone under that." Um, under those circumstances so we've had to work we're in the middle we're trying to work with the tenants and trying to work with the landlords to come up with a scenario that everyone's happy trying to get a little bit of rent in for some of the landlords because not all not all our landlords are multinational landlords you know some mm-hmm. of them are mum and dad landlords that don't have debt but don't they're retired they don't have the facility to 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 access money so they live off some of these rents as income for them so we're trying to deal with all that trying to get you know especially outgoings getting paid so been a lot of work for our property managers to engage with the um, these tenants and trying to educate them and trying to you know prove that your business is more than 30 percent down and and a lot of the office tenants are fine um mm. But the retail has been one of the biggest sectors that's been smashed is is the retail sector. Um, and how do you see, um, I mean, I guess you're not really involved with their day-to-day business, but in terms of coming back from this, how are, are those retail businesses going to recover? I mean... Well, yeah, well, that's a good question. I, I think what what the government's done with helping them with the, you know, the, 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 payroll, the payroll tax, the BAS and all those... Um, job keeper job all, all those things that incentivise businesses so I think most businesses of that calibre in retail have taken advantage of that so we're seeing trickling rents coming in at least the outgoings we've managed to get all the outgoings paid and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. so but going forward um, um, I think they're, they're quite eager for the, the restrictions to come off so that I, I think most of these businesses will come back and I think it's a, a joint effort from landlords and tenants to work together to see them come back and, you know, m- maybe the rents can't be paid in full and maybe a landlord will have to extend further the, the rent decreases so that they can maintain and then still have a tenant in 6, 12, 18 months' time because that's mm-hmm. the key. There's no point evicting people after the period, the six-month period because who's going to go and want to lease these things? So yeah. we're better off trying to help the tenants that are there and pay a lesser rent for a little bit, a little bit longer so mm. that they can sustain a viable business and, yeah. and while the crowds hopefully come back for them. Yeah. So in I, terms that, of... That's... Sorry, Paz. In terms of your commercial, um, the, the larger commercial office spaces, I, I heard a few comments and maybe more... Um, US or places that are more affected than this, but the larger businesses, say law firms or um, that, that have a lot of people and a lot of really expensive real estate in the city. And then, you know, throughout this period, they've had to move some of the, the, their stuff home, work from home um, and, and maybe set up systems where that's working really well. Um, do you think that longer term, this might affect the way those businesses operate? You know, they might say, well, we don't need this really expensive overhead anymore. Um, and we might see a change in commercial yeah. real estate in the city or? Look, that's a great question. And funny you say that about lawyers. I, I've got a very good friend who's a partner in a big law firm in the city 
And I asked that exact exact question, how are you mm. finding it, how are you going? It was a 7.30 at night conversation. Hey, with, he said to me a quite interesting thing. He goes, Pass, it's great for single parents that can mm. put their kids to bed and do a few hours after as a lawyer. He goes, but isolation for lawyers is really bad. We need the collaboration between other lawyers in the office. Run, talk about things. It's just a very, very different business. And he goes, the reality is also... I said, you know, we've got four floors in, in they've got four, they've probably got 4,000 square metres or something to that effect. And he said, look, Pass, we're on a lease. We've got a mm. lease for another five years. We can't mm. get out of our lease anyway. I, I, I think the interesting thing for me, and I've heard this for a couple of other, um, through Rio and through BHP, I've got some clients in there. And they basically said, the biggest challenge is going to be how do we, because they're already managing this, some of them, they've got a blue team, red team, A team, all this, and, you know, some half of them are at work, the other half are at home, and that's to minimise infection and minimise the whole team getting sick. But when they do come back, they're looking at, at, at measures to actually have a great workspace, change mm. the workspace, where give more flexibility to people and not, not be so, you know, there's Microsoft 365, you can monitor a lot of things. It's more about creating a work environment that, you can work from home for two or three days a week or, you know, one day a week or whatever it is and come to work in the office but in a different kind of environment. They're looking at changing the office environment, you know, more space, um, more, more. Everyone talks about, you know, um, having these desks where they come in and they just check in and check out and all that kind of stuff. That's mm. already been happening. Those companies have been doing that for years. Mm. I think what they're, they're looking at is how to make it more um, viable at work. Yes, there will be some, I don't think the larger corporations will, will decrease their space because they're already operating on 10 square metres or 15 square metres per person. I, I think it's the smaller tiered companies that have had this elaborate boardrooms and big offices. They're the ones, I think, that will go, hmm, we don't need to have 800 square metres. We only need... 500 yeah. square metres. I think yeah. those people will look, and, and they'd be stupid not to re-evaluate re their situation. But I think for businesses that have already got, there are some businesses already crammed in. So I think what will happen then is they'll, that they'll, they'll declutter that space, still have the same space, but make it more user-friendly, breakout areas. And I'm talking about the smaller offices in the city. So Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think there will be a mass reduction in office space in some in some areas. Lawyers, mm. um, finance people, uh, banks. Um, I, don't, I don't think because um, they're already pretty ergonomic. They've already got great. Yeah, they're out. already operating yeah. in that. So way, I, I, that I think way. it'll be more about how do we work from home, and more importantly, retain the culture. Yeah. Because lots of people that work in these businesses are mates. Their friends with their work. Yeah, they friends. want to go to work. Yeah, so yeah. they want to go to work. They miss yeah. it. So, so yeah. it's not about, you know, staying home with their kids or staying home with your partner. It's more it's about, about they... getting away from them, isn't it, Paz? That's right. That's <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Uh, Shane, did you have any questions on, on that commercial area at all? Or? Yeah, look, you pretty much uh, cover a lot of them, Jess. One thing, I guess, uh, or a couple of things that I've noticed, I think this will push more people that were thinking about doing something, make them push the button. Um, but one thing I was worried about is so many 
clients I know that have their own businesses where they've got a self-managed super farm where they own their property uh, and they are the tenant. Is this sort of thing a positive or a negative for people in that position, uh, Paz? Mm. Or do you think people will push more people that way or against it? Uh, look, there's lots of clients that, that uh, own commercial property and then they're the tenant as well. I, I don't think that's going to be any... It depends on what type of business they are. If, if they're retail, um, that's different. But, you know, if you've got an office space and, and you, you've got 500 square metre strata office space and you're the tenant and you're the, you're, you're the it's in your self-managed fund, I don't think that's going to be... Um, I, I just I don't think it's going to affect anything other than those people will look at their space that they have and understand their space or now and, and think, well, hang on, do I actually need that 100 square metres of desks that are sitting there that, that are not utilised properly? Can I turn that into a different kind of area? Or do I go and look at some mates that are that are one man band that are working from home and say, hey, come and come and share some space with me and you you pay this and you get the work environment, you get the you get the collaboration with other people. So I don't see that at all. You know, I, I see that as positive, Shane. Yeah. And do you think uh, as it stands obviously with the current situation with leases being renegotiated or the terms of the lease or the price being paid, has it impacted directly on, I guess, values of commercial spaces? Oh, most definitely, I think so. That that, yep. that will that will affect. I think I think it'll be more bigger emphasis on the caliber of tenants. I, th I think you'll see a bigger emphasis on security bonds and bank guarantees and things like that in in, in negotiating negotiating leases and you know a long term lease. You know, longer than three years is going to be gold. Um, I, th I think um, landlords are gonna, going to want to have a tenant, and so rents will will certainly come down. Or if, if face rents stay where they are, but incentives behind the scenes will will, will be offered a lot. And I think um, most landlords will see that. I think I think this is given an opportunity for most tenants to probably renegotiate. Um, if their lease comes through or even rene renegotiate their current lease um, that's there if they're on a higher rent. So, you know, you start paying less rent, it's going to affect the yields of commercial property in the short term. Yeah. And one last short. thing, there's been talk of places like Mount Lawley, Subiaco, probably people that aren't understanding real estate getting frustrated with the amount of vacancies, talking about a vacancy tax that potentially could be introduced by the councils. Do you think that could be a positive or a negative thing for areas like that that have, I guess, quietened off a huge amount? Uh, putting in a vacancy tax? Yeah, they keep, a couple of times, obviously, in Torbay Radio, they're saying how they're trying to get people back to encourage people back and make more maybe landlords more realistic. But I'll give you an example. There's a place in Claremont that used to be Kappa, and it must have been vacant for 10 years. But yeah. at the moment, like properties of that nature, um, obviously, there's a reason why they're not leasing them. Like, so, I mean, is there any way that councils can encourage? <laughs> is there any way yeah. that councils can encourage or to get people in their house? How can that work? Uh, look, I, I think um, one of the councils um, in Mount Lawley, um, uh, because if you lease a retail shop, for example, just because it's a commercial building, it doesn't mean you can go and put a cafe or put a beautician in. Mm -hmm. Generally, you have to get you have to go to council and get to change of use to get a permitted use. 
-hmm. What the council did in one of the areas is says, look, you don't have to come and get a change of use. You want to put a beautician in, you can for 12 months and you can later on yep. get the change of use. So they tried to do those things, which I think helped a lot. Um, unfortunately, what you've got is you've got these strip shops, like you talk about Claremont, you've got individual owners and, and some of them are wealthy or some of them uh, are overseas owners. They don't care. Um, they don't care if it's vacant or, or has a tenant. No, and that's yeah. what you're finding. And um, um, in certain cases, but there are, I think in the last probably 24 months, landlords have, some landlords have started to realise that they have to drop the rents to get a tenant in. Otherwise, mm -hmm. they just won't get a tenant. And and so that so some places in Beaufort Street, for example, Mount Morley, you would have seen all that kerfuffle and all that news. If you drive through there now, there's, there's been a few leases that have happened because of landlords that have dropped the rents. That's the only thing the council can do, other than, like you said, um, you know, maybe incentivise landlords. But that, that that that's a big cost to a to a council. I, I think mm. what they made the provision to not have apply for a permitted use, I think that was a smart thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. All right, gents, that is, uh, that, that's the show for today. <laughs> um, thanks so much, Paz, for joining us and, and enlightening us on what, where commercial is at. Pleasure. And um, hopefully within the next month or so, maybe we'll be able to get the gang back together and get some filming happening. Fingers crossed. Friday's the day. We hear good news Friday. Let's hope. Friday. Friday, Friday. Going to get down on Friday. All right, guys. Until then, thank you. No thank worries. You. Thanks, Jess. We'll thank speak you. soon. Have a great day, guys. Thanks. Bye. 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 Bye.